Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bucks Banter Podcast. As always, we are live on Bucks Report on this fine Monday evening, here to wrap up this Sunday that was, which in this case, week seven of the NFL season. Uh, we got another full house here for this Victory Monday podcast, as I am joined by both of my co-hosts this evening, Scott Capron and Bowdan Yard, which always warms my heart. What is up, fellas? What's, What's up, Paul? How, how What's up, doing? Bo? How are you? We're, do- we're doing good. And uh, before we get started, I would just like to encourage any viewers and listeners, whether this is your first time or you're a longtime supporter of the show, please head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Super helpful. With that being said, the uh, the Bucks beat the Bears 38 to three yesterday to move to six and one on the season. Uh, we're going to talk about that, and we are also going to dive into some other storylines around the league. Uh, first things first, though, we do need to break down that game that we saw yesterday. I trust you gentlemen were were watching as well. I mean, we were texting about it, so I'm pretty confident in that. Not sure if you guys heard. Uh, just today it came out that Matt Nagy announced he tested positive for uh, COVID, and it's now being described as a small COVID-19 outbreak amongst the Bears. So that's not great, obviously, first and foremost for the health of those individuals, but also just in terms of, you know, the Bucks just played uh, them, so we're hoping that there was no transmission going on. I, I thought you were going to say that he tested positive for being a competent human being, and I was like, oh, fake news. Uh, that's There's no way that that was possible. But uh, I did see the COVID thing, and um, yeah, Bucks concern, understandably. I don't know what the vaccination rate is amongst the Bucks, but hopefully it's good and this isn't a, this isn't a huge deal. But um, I don't know. Is that, is that sneaky like a good bit of news for Matt Nagy after that performance because wow not often do you see a 38-3 game in the NFL that was flattering to the that where the score was actually flattering to the losing team right like that was um, that was just just ridiculous ridiculous from the start for sure and um yeah I mean you're right it kind of takes the heat off of Nagy's performance on Sunday in a way like I'm yeah. not suggesting it's a strategic acquisition of the virus and hopefully he's vaccinated but you know what though man I'm watching succession and I'm not ruling anything out any sort of behind the get behind the scenes shady type of play move like dropping things in in the news uh I'm just kidding obviously Matt Nagy isn't clever enough for that but um well yeah, where where do we want to go? Do you just I mean I, I think the Bucks are 100% vaccinated, right? I'm pretty sure. They are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the you Bucks, guess. yeah, I think we're good. I, I I this seems like a breakout case, right? I, like I dealt with one of those in my family as well too where um yeah, you just just happens. I think Matt Nagy could be vaccinated and just happened to yeah, come across a one a breakout case, but yeah, um the fact that we're even talking about COVID tells you where this game was at. It was over <laughs> before it began. Um, it was. It was honestly last time I was on the pod. This is exactly the type of performance I wanted to see from the Bucks. Like, yeah, just go out there, send a message in the first half. I think at one point uh, in the broadcast, it was close to the end. It said like zero turnovers, obviously zero penalties. Like, there's just no mistake football start to finish just a complete domination by the Bucs. And that's what you want to see from this team. A.B. and Gronk are out, but you that doesn't mean anything when you're going up against the Bears and you have Tom Brady at the helm. So, yeah, good on the Bucks. Yeah, and uh, I do want to just go over some of my observations. I'll start on the defensive side of the ball, then move to the offense. And as usual, um, chime in when you wish, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, the, the, the big thing, first of all, that jumped out at me was the Bucs just dominating the trenches on both sides of the ball. Um, I will focus on the defense right now. They only had four sacks to show for it, but uh, the pressure, they were all over Justin Fields. They were all up in his business all day long. As a unit, I mean, they didn't allow a touchdown, first of all, uh, shades of of the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs. Uh, First three sacks were all strip sacks. They they caused five turnovers. So you mentioned not having any turnovers. They caused five, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, three picks. Held the Bears to 2 of 11 on third downs. It was a really nice, well-rounded effort on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, similar to to last week, 
Uh, I was impressed with our cornerbacks stepping up, like based on how depleted that unit is. I'm talking Jamel Dean, D. Delaney, especially, and Pierre Desir. They all played extremely well. Mm. Did D. So Delaney I, go down? I think D. Delaney went down, right? He did. So did Jamel Dean. But uh, oh, Delaney wow. did do his presser after, and he said he's going to be fine. So it sounds like he okay, just good. tweaked an ankle. Um, but I mean, like, that's a guy that's this is his first start of his career, and he's on his sixth team. And I thought he played great, like D. Delaney. And uh, Baldy, Brian Baldinger, I tweeted it out about an hour ago. Um, he, he noticed D. Delaney as well when he was watching the tape back. So he did a little bit of a film study that I just kind of retweeted. So there's some nice clips there of D. Delaney doing work outside of just the interception. And, yeah, like I don't know if you guys heard, but Richard Sherman had filled in for our defensive backs coach. Uh, so Coach Sherman did a pretty good job, I'd say. He, he got a lot of airtime. He was, he was on a big part of the broadcast for sure. Mm. Yeah, no kidding. They were eating that up, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, be it suits him. I yeah, can see him being a, a coach. One I day. can see him being a, in a in a position coach too, just like really yeah. getting into the nuance and, and everything about uh, coaching up a group. I can see that for sure. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he'd be super chill and uh, <laughs> just a mellow guy to to work for. But uh, no, seriously, I, I think he'd be I think he'd be a good position coach. Um, yeah, like like you're saying, Colin. I mean, they just they just dominated them, and they 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 finished plays off. Like you said, only four sacks, but a couple strip sacks in there, forced a couple bad throws that led to interceptions. Like they they just absolutely they played solid and made big plays. And you you kind of only need one of the two to have a good defensive outing, really, in the NFL, right? And then they were able to do both. I mean, obvious obviously aided by the true inept high school offense of the bears which is i'm so as as great as it is and you know we're on bucks banter and the bucks did exactly what bodan wanted just go out there and stomp someone it this was more telling of the bears just absolutely sucking than even the bucks being dominant which is too bad because i don't want to take anything away from tampa they went and beat a team by 35 and it could have been by more but um Wow. Wow. Was that just like a complete mismatch as soon as they stepped on the field? Yeah. Like you talked about the game plan, but I actually didn't find it that bad by the Bears. They just don't have the guys to get it done. Like they did. Okay. They did try. It's just that their defensive and offensive line just can't compete with the Bucks at all. Like yeah. the fact that they oh. were able to run the ball even a little bit. Um, that's more than basically any other any other team has on the Bucks this year. Um, yeah, that's so fair. Definitely. Okay, and, and then just even from a talent standpoint, though, like the Bears beat the Bucks last year. Sorry, I'm trying to yeah. set a B record there, but um, yeah, it's it's hard to imagine that that's even possible. I know roster turnover and a whole different, so anything can happen in, in a year in the NFL. But still, it was just it was like men amongst boys out there. It was three and out, and then Tampa marched down their throat, and I think they yeah. like Chicago went three and out. Tampa marked down their throat and scored what three or four minutes into the game. I actually tuned in yeah. a little bit late. I just assumed Tampa got the ball to start the game. So, right. Because you know, a four yeah. minute drive or would be pretty quick. And they actually got a stop before that, which is saying yeah, something. Yeah. So it was over. It was over as soon as the game was kicked. As soon as yeah. the ball was kicked. There's little resistance, but I, I thought like their head was in the right place. I don't know. I don't know. I guess not in the right place because like i i couldn't believe that they were running the ball as much as they did but yeah good for the bucks because they're not going to get a lot of tests during this run to the playoffs and uh not that that was one of them it was just good to see the performance was all there yeah and scott you're not wrong like you you are right that in terms of the bears being very inept in a number of ways especially just the way they scheme things up, I think, to some extent. But they've also got three wins this season. Like, they've beaten that's, three three other NFL teams. Yeah. So, you know, like, you got to – like, it's not like they're beating, they're, they're beating the Lions or the Jets. I mean, apparently. That's absolutely – tr- like, I can't believe that they were – that the Bears had three wins going in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just without checking the standings before, uh, before kick or whatever. It's like, oh, my God, three wins yeah. in the NFL? This team? Like, is that this season? But, yeah. And they were in tough against the Packers until late. Honestly, it's true. They yeah, they, it, they hung around. They hung but around. But it was it was the win that Bodan asked for, and I was happy that uh, they were able to give it to him offensively. Yeah. One thing I think we probably didn't hit on enough last week 
but it has been a theme is just our offensive line continuing to absolutely dominate their opponents. Yeah. Um, I Tristan mean, we're doing work. I uh, love watching that. Yeah, Bo Bo was was messaging us talking about the Tristan Wirfs Khalil Mack battle right off the bat after like the first offensive drive for the Buccaneers. I mean, I'm willing yes. to officially declare him the best right tackle in football. Uh, like he's just fantastic, and of course, you know he's given up. Where I have it somewhere here. Well, Wirfs admitted he was really looking forward to the rematch with Khalil Mack because Khalil Mack is the only player to have gotten a sack against Wirfs in his 27 career NFL games. Yeah. So pretty impressive oh, wow. stuff there. Yeah, he's given up one sack in 27 NFL games, and it was to Khalil Mack, and he was just happy. Like you know, he was he was honest saying, "Yeah, I was looking forward to this game because he said I don't want to deal with the gifts anymore." Because you know, on that. <laughs> uh, so that was That's pretty great. cool. But on the other, I love side, that he's like, keeping track. Not that it's not that it's hard to keep track when you only have mm -hmm. one sack, but I love that he's like, "Okay, I'm circling this one." Yeah, and he does. He doesn't want to be in Miles Garrett, uh, Miles Garrett's graveyard if they ever play the Browns, right? Too, so he's just he's staying on top of it, getting ahead of it. Exactly, and um, you know Donovan Smith has quietly been having like a Pro Bowl, if not All Pro caliber season at left tackle, which is really cool, and he's starting to get some some respect for that. And anyone who's followed this team over the course of Donovan Smith's career, like that guy has taken more shit than anyone I can recall. Um, you know, coming out of Penn State, he was inserted there right away. He was a second round pick and he had some struggles in his career early on. But again, he wasn't playing with the team like this and he just got a big deal. And to see him meeting those standards after just signing a big deal is really, really good to see. I'm happy for him. Uh, but in terms of like some actual like numbers, like according to I just looked this up, according to Pro Football Focus, the Bucks have the lowest pressure percentage, so which is, you know, pressures allowed for every pass blocking snap uh, in the NFL. So they're the best pass blocking unit in the NFL. Only 16% of the passing plays Brady's experiencing any sort of pressure. God, that's so it's just monumental when you have a quarterback that doesn't move. Right. Or like that isn't a threat to move. Right. To run. I should say he's obviously he has excellent footwork, but you know what I mean? Like he, he needs time and he's getting it. That's, that's, that's an awesome sign. Totally. But he also gets the ball out like, for sure, for sure. Too, but yeah. Yep, yep. Well, Absolutely. that's a good combo. Exactly. And I mean, speaking of those two guys, Donovan Smith, like just our tackles here, like um, good friend of the show, Evan Winter, he dug something up today on Twitter. He, he said they are the only two players in the NFL with at least 317 pass blocking snaps to only give up one sack or less. So just another testament to kind of the consistency yeah, that those insane. two tackles are playing with. And then you add like, Ali Marpet is just throwing dudes around. Brandon Thorne's got stuff on Ali Marpet and Ryan Jensen every week. Well, um, Jensen's constantly in the middle of stuff. Somehow he's starting stuff with the Bears. They're up like crazy, like in the first half even. And I just remember he's just still so chippy, like every play. Yeah, it's amazing. Love and it. Love other it. teams hate it. Other teams hate it. <laughs> they they absolutely it. hate it. Yeah. It's like, Ryan. I'm already having a horrible day out here. Like, why are you doing this to me right now? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so here we go. Corey Hall, this O-line playing great. Don't get me wrong. But Brady gets the ball out in less than yeah. two seconds. So it's hard to tell how good they really are on pass pro. That's fair, Corey. Like, you're not wrong. But like Scott said, like, that's just great. Like, awesome. That's like, the it's combo. We, yeah. We don't need to know exactly yeah. why, but that's the result. And mm -hmm. let's not forget between uh, if we're just if we're going to extend beyond pass protection. And obviously the Bucks are doing most of their work in the air. But uh, Lenny, Leonard Fournette, and Ronald Jones both averaging close to six yards per carry in this game. So they're getting it done in all facets. That's and, that's a nice number for them both to be at around six. I know huge. Fournette had around 80 yards. He went over his prop easily. That That's that's good to see for sure. Yeah, and, and you know, Rojo got a few carries. He got in there in the in the first half, and he could – like yep. they com Aikman commented on it because they obviously don't watch the Bucks every week. But, I mean, the – he was he wanted that ball and he wanted to take advantage of it. He was hitting the hole extremely hard, like very much a different style of runner than than Fournette. Fournette, at this point of his career, seems to be a little more patient and often what you could consider timid hitting the hole, but it's kind of just the way he runs. Like it's not like he's soft yeah. or anything. It's just a different approach. Whereas uh, Rojo just looks like he's shot out of a cannon, especially after everything he's been dealing with over the the course of his career. Really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What, um, what else? Anything else? Like, 
anything concern you? I mean, uh, I don't know. I've got, I've got, I've, I actually just, there's just a trade that just came up right here uh, pertaining to this game, actually. Um, so Tom Brady throws his 600 TD pass. Oh, <laughs> Mike Evans decides that there's a lucky fan that that's deserving of that ball. But Tom Brady is like, okay, I need to get that one back. Did you hear what the trade was? I, I, just, I saw. Did yeah. you see it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so the guy got a diff, a different game ball, and a thousand dollar gift card to the team store, and the promise of a helmet, a couple jerseys, something nice in return was the quote from Brady. Is that they, is that what do you what do you think? We've got an update on that since then. Uh, I forget yeah, the guys last season time. tickets. Season tickets. Yeah, yeah. So he's got seasons for the next two seasons. Nice. Now, and I think they're pretty good seats. Um, you definitely stole my thunder here because I wanted to talk about this because it is so crazy to think of, like when you actually think about the potential value of that football that this gentleman so graciously returned. At the time, it was just for a th- like a, the first initial report was it was just a thousand dollars at the the buck store. It's crazy. Um, and when you start to look at some of the thing that sou- some of the prices that these souvenirs are going for for someone like Tom Brady. Like we're talking major, major money down the line potentially, even I saw like 500k. Yeah, like at at least. I mean, yeah. we don't know, but so I mean, is that enough? Whatever he got, hell no. Like if you're, if you're no, looking right? at it purely from a value standpoint, I mean, seeing the guy, he was he was doing hits on ESPN and stuff today, and he was pretty cool about it. Like he just said he'd love to play. They were like, dude, are you sure? Like you're not gonna ask for anything else. Or it was on NFL Network, and uh, he said, "I'd like to play around a round of golf with Tom Brady." So then they, like, pretty good guy. If I don't know, one hell of a That's... loyal Bucks fan or something. Yeah, no kidding. People yeah, I mean... that like I don't really get the whole sport like sports memorabilia to me. Like that whole market, that whole industry is kind of over my head. I can't believe how much money some of that stuff goes for. But that I don't, I don't think a lot of people would be giving that ball back or like. Uh, for unless for like a pretty penny man like i i think that's a pretty great package that he got obviously but like you guys were saying like that could be millions of dollars yeah when you have a moment line i think like the moment that it was given to him if he would have went on to ebay from his seat and listed it like by the end of the game it would have been over three hundred thousand for sure even if you just had someone someone in his ear because i think in the heat of the moment he was so hyped up and you're so like overcome with like how cool it is. You just got a ball from Tom Brady. They come back and say, and Tom's hoping to have the ball back. It's significant to him. Like as a big bucks fan, I could see you being like, Oh yeah. Like, of course I, I'll get something like you're not thinking about, I don't know. I like, I could just understand how maybe he just didn't take a moment to think about it. And you want to be the good guy. You want to, you don't want to get booed out of your home stadium either. Right. Yeah. I think he like, just imagine you're holding ball. that, you're holding that ball and you're like, I'm going home with this. Like the people around you are going to like, you're going to get mocked. Yeah, it's easy for Colin, everyone to say that that they they would have uh, held on to it, but like imagine he would it, it could be like a thirty for thirty. This could be the Bartman of of Raymond James. Yeah, yeah. Like he could you be the most hated. If you, you know? got the ball, you would have hopped over the wall and tried to juke Khalil Mack as he's running back to the <laughs> sideline. It's just a like, younger, yeah, a, a younger me maybe would have tried. I I think you still have yeah. I think you would yeah. still try it. I didn't say it would work. After a tailgate outside of Raymond James, I think, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get that ball in the first quarter. You A like, couple of Bud Lattes in your system. Yeah, I could see it yeah. happening. I think I'd be more likely to try and pull a Henry Rowan Gardner from Rookie of the Year and just throw it as far as I can than hoping the cameras <laughs> are like, hey, let's, take a, look, let, let's take a look at the, the replay here. That, that's yeah, give him Trask's jersey, yeah. 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 Oh, man. Rookie of the Year. Didn't, Great movie. didn't see that coming up today. I know. Henry Rowan Gardner. What are you up to now? Yeah. Christopher oh, Cole, uh, very consistent viewer of the show on Facebook, says, if we run the ball like that, we will be tough to beat. You're absolutely right, Christopher. And, you know, I think it just ties into the balance. Obviously, I like that when they're a more aggressive passing team, I don't want it to be predictable. Runs on first down, yada, yada, more play action, pre-snap motion, stuff we've talked about. But as long as you have a good balance and, and – and both are like the passing success will be there. So, so if the Bucks are able to run the ball effectively, and the Bears have had a pretty good defense this year, I know they were missing Akeem Hicks, and that's a big loss. But 
they are still a serviceable defense. Like that's at least the side of that team that was, you know, the reason they've won three games, as we mentioned. So, um, and the only other thing I wanted to hit on in terms of the offensive side of the ball was just um, heavy doses of Godwin and Evans. So without AB plan, I thought like we might see Tyler Johnson get a little more involved. Um, Godwin ended up with eight catches for 111 yards. Evans, obviously three touchdowns. So it was, it was time to feed the big dogs and, um, you know, they were, they both delivered on their end of that as well. Anything yeah, you guys saw offensively that you wanted to bring up? I just I, like I, to I, see Godwin and Evans get involved. Um, it's, you know, they're kind of like the OGs or whatever of that, uh, of that receiving corp, um, relative to AB and Gronk. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, big numbers, big, big games for both of them. Both looked good. I don't, I, I think they're both get early. One of them is going to need to get hot, like in the playoffs to just be unstoppable, just among all of the weapons that they have. I think, I think that's what's going to happen. And just, I just want to see them like reaching top form during the season here, just because I feel like it's been inconsistent relative to, uh, to other teams just because of how many guys they have. I just thought it was good to see them both play really well in the same game, I guess. And it totally depends. Like, it totally depends how you view it as well. Like, I think it's almost more of a testament to like their unselfishness as individuals, like Mike Evans oh, and yeah. Godwin. Like they're so I cool agree. with yeah. one of them going off. And I, I like mm -hmm. that. And, and then they'll have these games where Brady's like, all right, let's remind him Mike that you're the dude, like you're a three touchdown dude. They were, they, they were trying to get him a fourth, which I love also. Yeah. So I know they weren't like, they weren't super successful in the second half, even though, but I love that they were going for the jugular and they like, yeah. at least wanted to drive the score up. Like we talked about them letting up in these, these high point differential games a couple of times this year, excuse me. I and mean, the defense held it together, but the offense continued to try to put the ball in the end zone, which I absolutely loved. Uh, so I was really, they went for it on fourth down when it was 35 to three, right on the one or two, like, sure, do it. They're playing yeah. against an NFL team. Stop us. Who got like they and they did to Chicago's credit, but like I loved it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um I was gonna ask it, you overall, you gotta like can we get a little temperature check on the Bucks and like what do we think about the Bucks and the NFC and where you guys are at right now? How are you feeling? I feel great. I mean, we've talked en enough about the soft schedule and and I think that's something that you, you gotta control what you can control. And they were yeah. they were churning out wins, ugly, but getting them done. Today's a little more of a or yesterday was more of a statement game. Next week we got New Orleans, um, who you know we'll see what we what we get from New Orleans tonight playing at Seattle. It's going to be like a sloppy game weather wise, yeah. uh, but they do have a they do have a good defense, New Orleans. And I think in terms of the yeah, I'm happy. Like the, the NFC has has legit problems, like problem teams, meaning like really solid teams between the Rams oh, yeah. cards. Rams, Cards, Packers, and Bucks, like that foursome right there is super top boys. heavy. Yeah. The, the right. NFC just in general feels super top heavy. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it last week, but that group of five is fantastic. It's, it's like all of you can see any of them winning. The all one thing, lost I teams. Think. All one lost teams except the Cards who are undefeated. Or uh, and yeah, yeah. I didn't say the Cowboys. So thank you. Cowboys too. So yeah. I, I think there's a lot to be decided. I'm just happy the Bucks are taking care of business and they showed that they can do it in a little more of dominant fashion this week. So I, I am feeling good. I'm feeling optimistic about that. I mean, Tom Brady also, like, he didn't even have his best game. He missed some throws, but he still threw for four touchdowns. And he is leading the NFL in touchdown passes, passing yards, and he has the highest rated quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus. I mean... God damn, that's just stupid. It's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, nuts. yeah and you're not nuts. like you're not people with the whole like, oh, you're just foolproof or you just you got these weapons. It's easy work. I mean, fans are stupid and they hate on anyone who's not like. Look at Mahomes right now. He's got weapons. He's got the scheme. They've got a revamped O line and things aren't working. We're gonna get to the Chiefs. I'm just saying, like, you know, Brady deserves credit as an individual player as well because what he's doing is is awesome. Like just mistake free yet still being prolific and taking risks yeah. offensively is and of itself really rare and very impressive at this so, age sure. on top of everything else yeah yeah then you throw in throw in the fact he's like a year older than my mom <laughs> <laughs> um and i'm not young i forgot i forgot that that people don't yeah. talk about that enough yeah she had me young 
Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, um, yeah, man. But I, also, the, sorry, one last thing, Scotty. One penalty. Oh. One penalty. Yeah, on the that's, that's the big part. That's the big part for sure. Well, it's like mistake-free yeah. football. Just turn out wins every Sunday. You just let the other team know as soon as they step on the field, they can like pencil in a loss because well, we're not going to beat ourselves. Yeah, they didn't have to jump offside to try to get a beat on field because they knew they were going to get that anyway. They didn't have to commit pass interference because they knew they were going to get to the ball anyway. Like it was all, yeah. uh, it was all part of it. But they looked great, and um, just I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about this Monday nighter and everything, but. Um, Nice spot to get New Orleans next week, um, considering they're playing Monday night across the country. I know who knows how much that actually means, but it's I don't I don't think it's a bad thing for sure. No, and, and, on and the road. one one less day rest as well. One less day, they're not going to get get back till tomorrow morning, right? Like so, you know, any little bit helps. I think they're the better team, and they're rightfully favored by it looks like about five right now in that game. But um, you know, it's at New Orleans, which is just historically troublesome right for for the bucks and basically any one of that division so we'll see how that goes yeah i'm looking forward to it and yeah you know see see how the saints look tonight like i said but it's almost unfair like depending what the weather's really like in seattle tonight like you're not going to get a good read on an offense when they're playing in that shit just like how like if you were if you were to look at them in a vacuum at the bucks when Brady's return to Foxborough, like that's not an accurate representation of their offensive capability by any means, yeah. right? Like, so you got it, you got to adjust for that. Uh, it should be good. And the other thing is they're well coached. I don't care who Sean Payton is running out there, even though they still have tons of talent all over the place. Uh, but he's a really smart coach and he loves beating on the Bucs. Uh, yeah. I, I, just, I just know the Bucs are going to going to get up for it you got guys like mike evans and levante david jpp who've been around long enough they understand the rivalry they've been getting beat down in embarrassing fashion by the new orleans saints for the last decade plus by sean payton quick quick side what what like game window do you like best for the bucks it's the 425 joe buck uh aikman game next week i think that's the best one like i I don't know it's almost like versus Sunday night or Monday night football, even. Absolutely, for a few reasons. It's, I, and it's funny you bring it up because I just was like talking about jo- my cousin John, who was over watching the game with me yesterday, and we were talking about this exact thing. You get to enjoy the one o'clock, so you get to see a whole bunch of games, a couple different screens. Mm-hmm. You know, slowly the anticipation and excitement and alcohol kind of starts to take <laughs> take its toll. Uh, come four o'clock, it's still early enough. The sun's out. You're having a day. Like regardless of what's happened, you still got your Bucks game. So if you've lost your bets, if you've won your bets, doesn't matter. You got a big game to look forward to, and yeah. then and then you still have a night game. The Bucks haven't performed overly well since they've been adopted as the prime time darling. Being you know league leading five prime time games last year, of course, that's the Brady effect, and and that's what they have this year as well. Five prime time games. We're yet to see a dominant performance from them in that spot. And uh, it's also just hard to wait around all day for me personally. Yeah, that's, that's more, that's, that's my yeah, yeah, main yeah. thing. It's like, oh, and then if they lose, it feels like an extra stinger on a Sunday night or something like that at, at the end of the weekend and you're up late and all this. Like, how bad the Seahawks fans must have felt last Sunday after losing in overtime right at the end of Pittsburgh. Well, it's like, Oh my, although I guess they're out West. So it's a little bit better, but you know what I mean? That's uh, I like that four o'clock, that late four o'clock window as well for a game that I really want to watch or have some interest in, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. And of course Seahawks fans, they start getting their primetime games as soon as Russ goes down. I know. Unlucky. And tough for NBC and ESPN having to trot out. Geno Smith instead of uh, you know the the huddle simulator himself Russell Wilson so a little bit different (laughs) on the on the Q rating the huddle simulator himself Bo I don't know if you caught our last episode yeah I did here had we had some fun with that one I knew you guys were I knew as soon as I saw the clip I was like oh Scott's gonna hate that I did (laughs) and you're right and we talked about it did you Russell Wilson and Sierra were locked in at the Seattle Kraken game. I saw new crackheads, nice. as they're called. <laughs> so that's 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 the celebrity uh, group up there in the Pacific Northwest. That's fun. Yeah, what, what, can't wait to Monday, get out for a game out there. 
Oh, Where yeah. Seattle? Yeah. You've already you've been you've been to Seattle. Eh? You've enjoyed a game out there, Bo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I went to a Monday night game out there once for like actually for the Seahawks. I, I was joking. I wanted to see the Kraken play. I don't. Want to <laughs> um, but yeah. On my way to, like, I always tell people this, on my way to my seats, we had kind of seats kind of in, like, the upper bowl or whatever. I saw three different fights on a Monday night. Un- three unrelated fights just <laughs> just all happening at the start of a Monday nighter. Right, wait, wait, who's, who's, who's fighting in Seattle? I picture just, like, baris- baristas and cannabis dispensary workers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people just very chill until they tell them to yell kind of thing. You would assume so. I think it's, like, because it's, like, a, all of Washington State. Right. So it's yeah. like they're that's like their thing, especially when I went, they didn't have any other teams. So this was think- like it was building. You could feel it in like when I, I got in on like a a Sunday and you could feel it building like the from then like everyone was talking about the game because it was like I- their one Monday nighter against the Saints. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's sneaky. The best potential um football weekend like between college on yeah. saturday and the nfl on sunday because the washington tailgate looks awesome yeah and they're in seattle as well right and then you have the seahawks is, is you know one of the better home fields so highly recommend just, yeah because yeah, it's means, also close too like, yeah seattle right. like their stadium is right downtown you can walk it's, like i think we walked from our hotel to the yeah. stadium that's amazing some, some candy candied salmon in the parking lot <laughs> yeah that was before uh before almost the, exclusively the days yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Can't> uh, <stand> <laughs> in terms of i think like we're halfway through our, our time here uh oh wait we have a pat riley the tampa sorry oh. pat riley the culture guy. Pat. pat riley yeah, he put his rings on the table the tampa bay <laughs> franchise record for most career regular season passing touchdowns is 121 passes by Jameis Winston and Brady's at 61 already and will soon own that. Yes, we're trying to move on from the Jameis discussions, Pat, but uh, <laughs> you're, but you're, you're right. I mean, Jameis was able to throw touchdowns. I, I'm curious what the comparison would be of interceptions from Jameis in his career to uh, Tom Brady so far as well. Regardless, always cool to see different stats as it relates to Buccaneers career rankings because sometimes they really make your head spin. Yeah, I saw a lot of good stuff coming on Twitter today. I just you know, I do have a, a full-time job aside from Bucks Banter, so I wasn't able to, like, write it all down. But uh, thank you for sharing that one. In terms of, is there anything else you guys want to hit on regarding the Monday Nighter tonight, or do you want to start re- discussing some of the things we saw yesterday? Because I have some items related I to Sunday. I just want to say, like, I, I think Seattle kind of has to win. And they're a dog in this game. They're at home. I, I Like, I, it's, you know, it's just so monumental if you lose a game, right? You only get to play so many of them. So, um, I, you know, big game. I'm, I guess I'm in, intrigued to watch. I don't know how, like, efficient the game it'll be or if it's going to be exciting. I, I'm not really sure, but I do want to watch it. I do want to tune in and see what happens. Yeah, anything could happen tonight. I, I, yeah. I'm not going to be surprised by anything. It's like, it's super windy. It's super rainy. Um, these are two of like the worst offenses in the league as well right yeah. now. So I think they actually are 31 and 32 in the league. Um, wow. So I, yeah, the, the totals 41 and a half, I think. So that's wow. That's so low. It's quite low. Yeah. Do you guys feel like uh, bad weather games seem to happen at a much higher rate during primetime games than they do during day games? That's a good question. Uh, or is this, am I just like so dumb because we just watched one last night? I'm no. like, oh. It's I also, think there, there's like a there's storm a- system going through the West Coast right now, I'm pretty sure. Because like everyone on like Vancouver Island's like preparing for the big one. Sorry, I'm not like meteorologist here. I'm more just saying like generally for some reason, I have the perception of like, uh, like rain, rainy games at night in Foxborough or in Pittsburgh or I wherever. Sure. But I just like. It's also- the primetime games stand alone too, right? So they're in their own. They're at their. Own, they're the only game going on at that time. So it's a little bit different because you know when there's eight games in the in the morning, there could be a couple shitty weather games, but no one notices because if you're not watching, right? But uh, that was pretty bad last night. That was pretty unplayable. But yeah, it was uh, really awful. yeah, sure was. Um. Anyway, so Brian Wood watching watching on Facebook. Great question. You're you're stealing my next item here, Brian. I appreciate it. Are the Bengals oh. for real, or did the Ravens just have a dud? I mean, I'm sure we, we all have thoughts. We've talked a lot about this. I think they are the real deal. They're uh, for their real, man. Impre- 
Yeah, their defense impressed me a lot, for yeah. one. Um, all, like you can't come away not talking about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So like Chase is, we, we've talked so much about him, but we're going to do it like 200 plus yards receiving for Jamar Chase shadowed by one of the best corners in football in Marlon Humphrey. Like that's the most impressive part. He's on pace for an absurd 85 receptions, 1800 yards and 15 touchdowns. His, <laughs> his 750 receiving yards through seven games, which is the most in NFL history. So I'm throwing out these, like, and when I look at that, I'm like, okay, who like, sure. Colin, take a sample size. He's on pace for this. We're almost halfway through the season. Yeah, man. Like, and he just looks the part. It's not crazy. Like nothing is ridiculous. Like, they're it's, both really good, and they're both really good together. It's terrifying every time he has the ball in his hands. Like, and it's it's just even that that like little slant play where he just spins out of three tackles and takes it to the house. Uh, he's, there's not a more there's no more fun wide receiver in the league right now. Yeah, or the or the or the comeback like on fourth down early in the game, like just showing like yeah. the way he breaks off his route. He just he does everything. He's so versatile. You know, he can be a deep threat. He can get tough yards over the middle. He can cut mm-hmm. on a dime and he can be physical at the line if he's getting press coverage. Uh, really, they can special. use him in the slot. They, can, they they hit him on a couple crossers that he got the absolute maximum yardage out of. Um, even the one mistake he kind of made was like the ball got knocked from his hands as he was kind of going out of bounds, but Baltimore didn't recover it in bounds. It didn't even matter. They just got the ball right, like since he just got the ball right there anyway. And that wasn't even his fault or anything. The guy made a great play, but no harm, no foul. And he was incredible. He was incredible. I want to – here, th- this might be a little bit cringy, but just, just bear with me one second. I want to push back a little bit. Like, he got tackled forward and then no one was there, and then he kept running, like, for that 82-yard touchdown. Yeah, Like, yeah. that was sweet. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, you don't – you can't say anything bad about it because it's an 82-yard touchdown. But it's like – well, he didn't get tackled to the ground, and he got flung forward, and then he was running. So, like, not to take anything away from him, but I don't think that was strictly Jamar Chase. I basically just saw it because I, I saw Twitter blowing yeah. up. It's like, this guy's absolutely unbelievable. It's like, well, he's unbelievable for a lot of other things. I feel like anyone would have been in the same situation there that actually made the catch. Sorry. Does that make sense? Of, of course it does. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, because, you know, it he was does. already having – he'd already shown everything that makes him great prior to that. I think it just gave him yeah. that ma- massive chunk play, which is just kind of completing the body of work for the day. For but sure. yeah, in, in isolation, you're right. That play is not anything special. Like DB's got to tackle, but, man. Like any, yeah. anyone yeah, yeah, yeah. who can't tackle, it is bring crucial. him down. Yeah. That's why I love but those, like, like to go back to what, uh, the comment, like it is those, those, Ravens corners and secondary in general, they do tackle like they yeah. normally do tackle. And also, like, I give them props for that play because I'm just like a lot of other wide receivers go down from that because they just they get flung around. They're disoriented. He's That's, just so yeah. like the amount of awareness you have to have to like go through that, like with three guys wrapped all over you and still get up and be like, oh, I'm going to sprint still. And like, it's not even he's not even thinking about it. Like it's 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 up there. His feel, he's his feel for the game and for for yeah. bodies around him is one of those. It's like a quarterback in the pocket, right? It's yeah. like being aware, and he he has yeah. a feel for that, and that that leads perfectly into the discussion of Joe Burrow because watching him yesterday, I'm so impressed yeah. with how he can feel and move in the pocket while keeping his eyes downfield. We were texting about it because early on he was under siege, man. At first, like yeah. after that first driver two i was like oh shit like bro's in trouble like we were you know yeah. we all thought that the Bengals would hang tough and have a shot in that game cap we talked about that last episode that we were we finished off talking about you were looking ahead talking about how fun that game will be and you're right um but seeing that early i was like oh shit man this o-line is not going to keep bro upright yeah. enough to take advantage of these weapons I, he, he, I couldn't believe it some of the throws he was just getting out but he's tough as nails and he's very yeah. cerebral in there body space whatever you want to call it the tom brady thing um, and he doesn't just bail out, even though he's capable of running. Calm, it, feel, calm, it feels calm. like uh, feels like Russell Wilson light at times, right? Like he just his eyes stay downfield, no matter like through all the chaos around him. And 
earlier in the season, he's been not great against pressure. And the Ravens, historically, one of the like most blitz-heavy defenses in the league. I think if you're just looking at those two stats, you'd be like, well, this doesn't add up. Like the bank, how are they going to keep this going? How are the yeah. Bengals going to win this game if the, if their quarterback's going to be in the ground this often? And he was in the ground quite a bit, but he's still like just keeping his eyes downfield, making quick decisions, and just performing better under pressure than we've seen him this entire season. So yeah, hats off to Burrow. He was unreal yesterday. They're my favorite. He just, yeah, sorry, Carl. I just want he just never flustered. With all that happening, he doesn't he doesn't take off and run like you said just just because he's keeping his eyes down the field. He, I, the receivers are good. Like what a trio that is, and yeah. then mix in CJ Uzoma who looks unbelievable. Yeah, he's um, unreal, right? So I mean, they have the guys for him. He has the perfect demeanor uh, combined with arm strength and toughness. I mean, that was so impressive, and they just beat him down. They absolutely beat them down. And look at the wins that Baltimore has, has had piled up too, right? Like, and since he goes in and beats them after all that, like that's, first of all, it also speaks to just how week to week this league is, right? Like Baltimore looked unbeatable last week against the Chargers and then next week at home get beat by basically the same amount, right? So it just, it totally depends. But, um, oh, since he's great, they're, they're, they're definitely a playoff contender. I also think Baltimore is that team. That's the epitome of like anything in the NFL. Just like you know, like we talked about them almost losing to the Lions, their week one game. Like they are just sometimes they look like the best team in the NFL, and then sometimes you're just like, what are they doing? So they're yeah. a tough team to read, man. They're a tough team to predict. Uh, they don't. They don't have that. Like they can't be. Like I think when the Chiefs were good, <laughs> let's just say. Um, <laughs> They had that switch, right, where you're just like, okay, maybe they weren't up at the first two quarters of this game, but they can turn on the switch and just blow people out. The Ravens can, like, they'll start to pour it on and they don't stop pouring, but it seems like if they're not up for a game, they're just like, they have a certain amount of, like, drives in them and they're just like, yeah, we don't, like, I don't have anything left here. Like, either the defense is going to get us there or they're not. And the defense couldn't get them, get them there last night, so, or yesterday, yeah. so. Yeah. For sure. Th th yeah, this one was more about Cincy than Baltimore to me. I still like Baltimore. But yeah, I, I, think I still love just, Baltimore. Yeah, it just elevates Cincinnati. Like, they have to be taken for real. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Chase was the right pick, that's for sure. Jamar Chase, right. man. Lots of yeah. people thinking they needed to address the O-line first. No, no. If you got a special talent, what, regardless of position, unless it's a running back because Scott Capron's listening, you take that player. Um, especially if they have a, have a rapport with your young star quarterback. So they so made the is, right call okay. there. So great point. I, I wonder, let's, like, honestly, I wonder if that's Herbert instead of Burrow. I wonder if, it, if it's still the same thought process to picking Chase. Yeah, I mean, I you got to think that it would be different potentially. Like, we don't know, but that's a great thing to bring up, Scotty. Yeah, like, just because. Like Herbert just, on the Bengals? Yeah, just because, like, does the yeah. chemistry aspect that was so tangible and, you know, that we had all seen between Burrow and yeah. Chase, was that enough to be like, no, I well, so, you know, the book says take the tackle here, but was we have this, we're going to have this dynamic combo. Um, like, we've seen it. Do we just yeah. do it? Like, was that enough to uh, to put that pick over the top? That'd be interesting to actually hear. The, the yeah, I think their history, you can't, you can't, write that off because yeah. you have to imagine Joe Burrow was in that room pounding the table exactly what we were saying during the draft coverage just yeah I can't see him being like no we should get Penny Sewell <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, I, like it would be weird we were pounding the table for Jamar Chase how could Joe Burrow not be yeah you know? exactly. like I can't wait and to unveil those receipts like how Chase insane is it that they were like he he's at LSU at the same time as Justin Jefferson and Joe Burrow like that and is an NFL offense coming into your stadium. Yeah, it's Clyde Edwards-Helaire and Randy Moss's <laughs> son, and it's only because uh, Broke didn't beat out Dwayne Haskins to win the Ohio State job. So that's why oh, he, you, that's why he transferred. Yeah. Scott's favorite subplot of it all is uh, no, I'm Ohio State. I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not yeah. calling. You, like I'm saying, I, come on, yeah. you like that? Yeah. Like that. Well, I just, but it's not like like Haskins was good. Uh, was good. It's not like. 
Urban Meyer made a terrible decision and they were like left with some brutal quarterback. Like Haskins was still a good college quarterback, yeah. but they're hey, only one guy can play. So no, 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 you got it, you got it, Scott, you got it, Scott. And next time that I'm talking about Justin Jefferson and uh, Jamar Chase, I'll start by saying, imagine if they chose Dwayne Has, they didn't choose Dwayne Haskins, we never would have saw it. Yeah, it's somehow true. Scott, somehow Scott switches <laughs> Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase to talking about Urban Meyer. I'm just surprised you didn't call him Herb this time. And here's the other thing about Herb, okay? <laughs> I heard that restaurant isn't even that good. And then, and like, <laughs> brutal apps, terrible service, and he's doing that. Come on, man. Figure it out. <laughs> uh, so, Bo, you mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs. I got to ask, boys, did Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers break the Kansas City Chiefs? Because that is the last time up until that game they looked like the present and future of the NFL of NFL offenses as we know it. And then they they dealt with Todd Bowles and his vicious attacking scheme. They addressed their offensive line. What is going on, boys? An embarrassing performance on both sides of the ball for them losing to the Titans. On a short week, the Titans, yeah. I mean, really weak pass defense, down DBs on what is already a very unimpressive um, arsenal of pass defenders. Casey's 3-4, and four, tied for last place in the AFC West division. I want your thoughts. Where are we at, one of you? We we can't trust them anymore, right? Like I, I'll be quick with this, Scott, because I know you probably got a lot of a lot of uh, thoughts on this. Because our like one of the bread bread and butter of NFL in game betting was, oh, the Chiefs are down. Why don't we yeah. just bet on them money line? Uh, yeah. It's a plus number all of a sudden. And Scott I think even yeah, even even this weekend, I think boom, you you hit us and we're just like, hey, the the Chiefs are plus like two eighty or something like that. And I was like, I'm not touching that. Like, I don't, I didn't even, I didn't even respond to it. Like, it, they it don't look good. And you know what, man? That was a real turning point for me from a gambling perspective because I saw yeah. it and I was looking at it and no part of me while watching that game wanted to hit that. No. And yeah. uh, sorry. that's uh, <laughs> interesting wording there. Sorry. Uh, sorry to my wife and child out on the other side of the door. Like there. even if um, you were wasted at 3 a.m., you were just, no, I'm not touching that. I'm yeah. not taking that. I'm not taking the cheese home. Even if, yeah, just not happening. Like the lights aren't even on yet good. or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But no, but seriously, I, I, I that was telling to me to, to not just automatically get after that bet. Right. And they're, they're not trustworthy. i I believe that they'll figure it out and get into the playoffs and probably become a threat. But to just say for sure that that's going to happen or, oh, don't worry. they have No, man. Like, they got dismantled by the Bills, dismantled by the Titans, choked one yeah. away against the Ravens stupidly. Like, um, and they got beat by the Chargers. Now, granted, all good teams, all good teams, but they you got to beat those teams. Look at what Tampa did to uh, – to Chicago, look what Arizona is doing to everyone, right? Like, yeah. Um, I like I said, I tr I believe that they'll figure it out, but if if this season goes sideways, even with Mahomes, I'm not going to be surprised. That something's wrong. Something is wrong. Yeah, they could have lost Week One of the Browns as well. Easily. Yeah, um, easily. And they 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 had. I think the the tough part with this is like before the Washington game. I think they had like maybe even including the Washington game, they had the fifth hardest like schedule defensively um, of like opposing defenses going into that game, uh, going into the Tennessee game. But I think once they hit Washington, everyone was just like, Oh, looking at their schedule being like, Oh, they're going to reel off some wins. And the first half in Washington didn't look good. Uh, they ended up pulling that one off like 22 unanswered points or something like that. In the second half. But um, yeah, Tennessee is what before that Buffalo game, I would have said they're not a good team. And the Chiefs should roll. Um, and they've got the Giants this week. And I and I think they've got the Giants on Monday night. And it's just like I I I can't confidently take the Chiefs. Um definitely not the points. No. And, and even money line, I'm just like, <laughs> is it worth the risk? Right. They better win. They better win the freaking game. I know the Giants at least showed a heartbeat this week, but yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Obviously, yeah. they're not trustworthy they're they are they are oh someone's up. they're like the opposite of like this is like the nightmare like of the opposite of the bucks whereas like their schedule is so hard like if you just look at it they get the giants but then they got the packers uh at home on sunday uh they got the raiders 
go to go to Las Vegas to play the Raiders uh, a night game on Sunday. Um, then they're in Dallas or Dallas comes to them. Yeah, like there you go. Their That's schedule cool. gets really, really tough. And then like the AFC West is like you're you're Good. you're gonna have tough games every time you play them. Bengals yeah. late. That's not a gimme either, unless the Bengals can sit everyone in Week 17 for some reason. Oh, like man. they've got a really, really tough schedule. They'll be on the road versus the Chargers. Not like yeah, as you know, they don't have the craziest home field advantage, but it's not playing at Arrowhead. Yeah, no. Um, couple things. They were that bet you were alluding to when I mentioned the line. Bo, it wasn't even money line at that point. It was a second quarter, and I was like, the Chiefs are plus fifteen and a half right now. And the oh, point wow. is, none of yeah. none of us were interested. And yeah, Scott, that's kind of like even more of a sign of your maturity, Scott, than having a wife and kid <laughs> in the next room is not you and more of a general observation, I think, for betting philosophy. You hear that, Dad? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is to not is to not be stubborn. Like the Chiefs were a money maker for you on in-game Scott spots. And to know, like, okay, I can't just blindly trust this forever. Like, no. you know, yeah. you have to be able to adapt on the fly. I think that's that's a mature betting philosophy or thank you man you know it it took some years but uh but here we are yeah i'm working on that one the the not being super (laughs) stubborn then again i stopped betting devin white over tackles since no one runs a early that's your version that's your version early i bet it once this this year maybe twice if you include a little sprinkle in a bet builder but uh (laughs) anyhow so shifting back to the nfc we, we we mentioned it earlier i just wanted to once more mention or, or at least bring up the opportunity to discuss or take this conversation any which way. But the Rams, Cards, Packers, Cowboys, who were on a bye, but they're all handling business versus inferior teams. So I'm talking to, I'm happy with the Bucks dominating the Bears. Well, all those teams are doing the same thing. I know the Rams had a little bit of a little bit of a scare early on, but not really. They ended up handling their business. Hey, it was, it out, was a sweat. It was shout a out sweat. to the Lions. Shout out to yeah. Kneecap and Dan Campbell for pulling out all the stops. Seriously, like they they did what you have to do to try to win a game as a 15 point underdog. And uh, you know, there's still obvious issues. Um, the main one rhymes with smearage schmoff, uh, you know, being on their roster. But um, you know, they tried they 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 gave the Rams everything they could handle, and uh that was an entertaining game. Um, especially early, early on, yeah. they, they tried to punch them in the mouth as hard as they possibly could. So I like, sure. I like how they busted out those, those stops, like the tricky shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. They're in the Hold perfect position too. to, they're playing hard, but when they like, I, I work with a Lions fan, um, my boss actually technically, and he's like loving it. They're showing some toughness. They're like doing, showing some grip, but then they end up losing and he's totally good with it. And then, yeah. and I told him. Well, don't be so don't be so too quick because if you look at the uh, quarterback class entering the draft next year, it is nothing like we saw this year or last yeah, year. That's rough. Or the year before. Who, You'll be getting a defensive who are the end. Top? Who's at the top? Uh, Coral, 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 Coral. Yeah, they yeah. Got, we got the, the guy from Pittsburgh. Um, oh, wasn't uh, Spencer Rattler at the top for a while and then like he oh, lost his job as well? Well, he doesn't like, play anymore. Yeah. yeah. And then you got Malik Willis from Liberty, who's kind of the Trey Lance of this year in terms of like a guy who is tougher to evaluate and he does lots of cool things. But the what consistent- about the Nevada quarterback? It's like Cole Strong or something like that. Is that have you read anything about him? I know, I know, I know he's a player, but I haven't like yeah. I don't know anything about him where I could offer any ba- sort of opinion. based on name alone. That's a first rounder. Well, like a like almost a hundred percent. I was watching the Nevada Fresno State game on Saturday night, and uh, that he's. I hadn't seen either team play this year. He's really good. Uh, interesting to see if he comes out, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen him. And then the other name is Sam Howell at North Carolina. He's had an underwhelming performance so yeah. far, but coming, coming into this year, he was considered a talent. Um, but you're right. Or- none of those none of those guys are, uh, you know, setting any setting any franchises on fire, I would say. Like, it's – it's uh, that's, that's pretty no. bleak, actually. Yeah, Thibodeau, um, may, Thibodeau, the edge rusher for Oregon, may have established himself as the clear-cut number one pick at this point, oh, dominating UCLA. That was un, – he was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, one thing, I, just to go back to those three teams, I just saw the Packers lost Devontae Adams to uh, COVID-19. COVID. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, that line, man. You can't say they yeah, lost rough. him to COVID-19. <laughs> What do you, you? Sorry, I forgot that it's like an actually <laughs> he actually kills people, but no, I know, he's I not going to be playing football. 
because of COVID-19. That's The Packers that's lost them, not the world. The line moved from three and a half to six. We knew what you Sheesh. meant, buddy. We knew what you yeah. meant. I was just, you know, being a little virus myself. What a jokester, <laughs> eh? What a yeah, jokester jumping this guy all over is. Me. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, last thing I want to hit on because we're timing this pretty well, if I do say so myself. Uh, we got five minutes left. NFL trade deadline is fast approaching. What is it, on like Friday or something, Bo? I feel like. Yeah, November 2nd. November 2nd. Okay, so it's we still so got next, two next we, we got a little bit of time, but this is like trades are going to start happening, right? Like the I think there's one today Flacco Flacco's on the Eagles now. I mean or yeah, he's on the Eagles? No, no he's on the Jets. Jets. The Jets. Yeah. Conditional so, pick. Speaking yeah. of the the trade deadline, things have moved quickly for our Carolina Panthers, Colin and uh your your son Sam Darnold. Wow. They are now yeah. um two feet into the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, it looks like. Uh, wouldn't have guessed that three weeks ago, right? When they yeah. Decent. No. They yeah. look like a different team now, though, as well. Well, yeah. That and team is – No McCaffrey, that understandably. Offense. Yeah. But understandable, even but still. as much as – I don't know if McCaffrey's worth, like, 20 points, right? <laughs> like, he – they were so bad yesterday. Like, insanely bad yesterday even the play like it wasn't even so much the play calling it's just they couldn't get anything going that was as bad as an offense can look truly that was incredible as someone who had who had the panthers it was uh wow easy i had them too i had them too i was i i bailed on it i was one of the few cash outs that i had this year that i'm just like even it's breaking all my rules but like i have to get out of this This yeah there's no way Speaking of rules and cash outs, I cashed out my Matt Rule Coach of the Year bet at halftime. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice! Yeah, yeah. it's d- that's call. done. The segue yeah. or the the actual cash out? What? No, that, that both candidacy. Honestly. Yeah, had to do it. Had to do it. I was like, all right, this I'm hopping off this this boat right now. And even uh, if for some reason they do end up with Deshaun Watson, which I would love to see. Um, He's not still, saving. He's not saving the coach of the year uh, candidate for yeah, because he'll just yeah. get all the credit. So and, yeah, exactly. And like you know, I can clear, vividly remember the conversation. I think it was. I don't know if it was all three of us in the pod, but I think it was just Cap and I. We were talking about Darnold, and all we were saying was like we weren't saying it's all because of Sam Darnold that I think the Panthers are going to be good. It's because they're building a really nice roster all over yeah, the yeah. field, and that's one hundred percent true. And I think they've shown that, especially on the defensive side. It was more that Sam Darnold was being written off unfairly without having a chance to prove himself, and he's looked good at points. We'll see if they can turn it around with him at the helm. But them being rumored for Deshaun Watson is interesting. I personally would not want my team to invest in a player with such a uncertain future True. from a legal perspective. It seems insane yeah, to give up. To, like, if they're going to give him away for pennies, sure, take a shot at it. But like, why would you... Uh, invest valuable, valuable draft capital. Like that's gold in the NFL for a guy who, for for all intents and purposes, could be behind bars at a point. Like we don't know yeah. where this is headed. Yeah, true, true, true. And I, I feel compelled to mention the just the moral aspect of of trading. But I mean, hey, NFL teams have uh, you know, yeah, added some unsavory guys to rosters before. I just wanted to to get that out there officially for our uh, for our stance you know i i say it i i like i go for i'm like all for the deshaun watson thing as like a innocent until proven guilty type of standpoint but yeah it is it's it's a tough trade to make for any team i just when i'm looking at carolina i'm just like you guys could be good this year if you have deshaun watson like immediately so i don't know i i would i would still like to see it happen but i can see why if you're a Panthers fan, you're probably a bit nervous about it. Yeah, it would be entertaining because he's such a gift on the field. Um, so I think just as a football fan, yeah. it would be crazy to see him in a new uniform and finally get some resolution to this. Really quick, oh. we are oh. sorry, we are like under a minute to go here. Nick Walker on YouTube says the Lions went out of their shield against the Rams. I thought the Bears would have scrapped the same way against the Bucks. I think a lot of people did, Nick. Um, and Nick goes on to say, I feel that the Bears uninspiring coaching handicapped them. You are bang on, buddy. Matt Nagy's got to go. Yeah, well that said. Is, uh, and there you go. The Lions are just as bad as the Bears, if not worse. And they played for their guy and they tried to win. And the Bears showed none of that in uh, a similar situation against uh, uh, against the Bucks. So, yeah, great, uh, great comment, Nick. 
Yeah, poor Justin Fields, poor Allen Robinson. Um, get Matt Nagy out of there. Go Buccaneers. Big win. Uh, we're traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. So all you Bucks fans, go scout out the New Orleans Saints tonight as they take on the Seattle Seahawks for Monday Night Football. And until next time, God bless. Peace.